Hello and welcome back to Two Oceans Vibe Radio, everybody. I am Susanna Kennedy and I am going to be with you right through until 2 p.m. today. I am super excited because I have got one of the first ever South African, it is the first ever, um, South African all-girls team members in studio with me now. Um, and she is going to be with me until half past one chatting about the fact that she's going to climb Mount Everest, guys. She's actually going to summit Mount Everest, which I think is crazy town, but is amazing as well. So Lisa, welcome. How are you doing? Hello, Susanna. I'm well, thank you. And thank you for having me. It's absolutely a pleasure. Um, Lisa, tell me a little bit about why, <laughs> why you would decide to do this crazy feat. I mean, it's absolutely incredible, but what would make you want to do this? So I've got to be honest with you. I was the one that wanted to do this the least of the four of us. Um, the other three have wanted to climb Mount Everest since they were young girls. And when the team got together and I was approached um, to be a part of the team, the opportunity was just way too big. I've been climbing mountains since 2010 and pushing away Mount Everest, but this magnificent universe that we live in is bigger and bolder and obviously had different plans for me and has brought it around. Um, yeah, and when they asked, I, I did some time. I took about three days and then, yeah, opportunity was just too big. So very grateful to be part of this magnificent team and for the opportunity. So you were actually approached. It wasn't, um, it wasn't that it came from you. You were approached no. by the people. So Alda, the leggy blonde in our team, um, she was the one that decided she wanted to climb in 2020 and wanted to put a team together. She approached Deshaun because of Deshaun's experience. Deshaun said she would only do it if Ronnie Moore did the logistics. I've been climbing with Ronnie Moore since 2010. So they said, did he know anyone that would be a good fit for the team? And he said, yes. And then he spoke to me. Um, oh. And then we met to me at an event a couple of months later for women in mountaineering. Wow, because you've got quite a diverse group of ladies that you're climbing with. It's, um, yes. it, it, tell us, because that, they're so different, and that must be both challenging and wonderful at the same time. Tell us a little bit about your different um, team members. So, yeah, Alda works in the corporate world. She works for the BMW group and has done exceptionally well in the motor industry. Um, Deshaun and Toomey have their own businesses. Um, so they, that's why the entrepreneurial theme is very dear to us because they have their own business and businesses and are entrepreneurs. And I work in the entrepreneurial space with Brian Walsh. Um, and yeah, I think we are diverse in some areas and unbelievably common in other areas because we all share love for the mountains and that's what's brought us together. And so I think that's been the thread that's kept us together and has allowed this opportunity to unfold. It's, it's really, it's really incredible. I mean, I met Lisa um, last year. I think it was yeah. last year that we met. Um, yeah. Lisa and I work with Brian Welsh and, um, and it's been so wonderful um, actually getting to know you separately from Brian and, and what you actually do. Lisa is an executive coach and a businesswoman. And so she actually coaches entrepreneurs. And that's why I think this is so symbolic, actually, Lise, that you are 
climbing Everest, one of the first women from South Africa and the, in the first female team to actually climb Everest. Is there another woman that has actually from South Africa climbed Everest before? There are four women that that have, that have summited. So we also must use the distinction because, um, yeah, lots of people go, very few summit. So in terms of females in South Africa that have summited, there are four. Um, but we are the first team from Africa because the numbers in terms of women mountaineers compared to men is very low for obvious reasons. And so it's quite a thing to have a team of four women that are going. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's, it's absolutely incredible. Um, I know that you are going to base camp with a number of people as well before you actually summit. And um, I know Brian was trying to convince me to go with you guys to base camp. Any consolation, Brian's not going either, so that's okay. Is he not going anymore? <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, it's 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 the trek into base camp is a story in and of itself. It's not cheap um and it's long it's three weeks and takes a commitment in terms of getting ready for it and yeah. so right in the beginning when there was all lots of excitement there were lots of people that said yeah me 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 but you, you know what it's like uh, when the rubber meets the road and life happens and so as we leave in six weeks gulp, <clears throat> gulp, gulp. Um, there's a very small group that's in base camp but um definitely believe that those that are meant to be the other ones that are coming Absolutely. On that note, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. And that's why I said no from the beginning, because I just, don't know. <laughs> you know, I was like, I think you guys are amazing. What an incredible thing to do. Um, but I just know myself. I'm, I'm, I hate being cold. I'm, I'm not a camper. <laughs> it would just, Definitely not for you then. <laughs> but there's a lot of preparation. You know, Robin Banks always saying climbing a mountain is not difficult, but it is challenging because it's literally putting one foot in front of the other. But there's so much preparation that comes into getting yourself ready to actually put yourself in that position where you can take those simple steps of putting one foot in front of the other. And um, what are some of the things that you've needed to do to prepare for this? Because this is obviously the biggest mountain, the biggest challenge that anybody can do. There must be a lot of preparation that goes into it. Yeah, so my philosophy in all the treks and climbs that I've done is always to um, tick all the boxes of the elements that I can control. The rest is out of my hands, like weather and weather, how, you know, how altitude gets to. So in terms of preparation and things that you can control, your physical, mental and emotional preparation is something that's in your hands. So your I started training at the beginning of last year, so it's been... 14 months of laser focus um, in terms of my mental, emotional, and physical preparation. I work with two amazing trainers um, from a physical perspective. Zach Van Heerden from Exercise Solution has done all my endurance work. And the most amazing Pilates and strength lady called Nikki Moses, who's done all my power and strength work. I've had very few days off, I must say. I'm looking forward to sleeping in when I get back. <laughs> Um, yeah. And then, yeah, from a, a mental and emotional perspective, I've been doing lots of breath work and meditation every morning. And Susanna, that's, yeah, I've, I've done my best in terms of those spaces and um, feeling ready and excited to see what the mountain holds. Yeah, because it's climbing a mountain. I mean, 
I don't know if I was speaking to you or if I was speaking to somebody else about it. Um, I think maybe it was Corvus because Corvus climbed Kilimanjaro, which is yes. not, not the same as Everest, but it's also a big mountain, which you've done as well. Um, yeah. And he was saying that, that a lot of the guys on the mountain, they actually crave that space, that stillness with your mind. Um, you know, because I haven't really understood why people really do it besides um, being able to go, this is a big challenge and I'm going to overcome it to, to show myself that I can do it. But a lot of people actually get um, something beyond that. It's not that. It's the actual being on the mountain and just clarity and being absolutely present. Um, you've now climbed a lot of mountains. What is it about mountain climbing for you that makes you want to keep climbing more and more mountains and now climbing something as big as Everest? Um, I've never found another space where you are challenged on all four levels at one point anywhere else. Um, and you're right, the biggest, one of the biggest things for me, and I can't talk on behalf of anyone else, but is um, the silence that you experience on the mountains is something that you can't get in the city or in, in you know, the areas that we live in here. Mm -hmm. um, you also can't hide from yourself in the mountains. And that's the biggest thing. You know, there's so many components of where we live that you can hide behind. And in the mountains, you face yourself bare naked on all those levels. And there's nowhere to go. And I am curious and fascinated in terms of my journey on how I face the different levels of how you face yourself bare naked like that. And I'm always fascinated the person that pops out on the other side. It must, it, I mean, that, that interests me. That, that part for me really interests me is, is the getting to know yourself in a completely different way and such a deep way because... Yeah, when you, when you are alone with yourself, which you are when you're climbing a mountain, even if you've got a team, you, the, the elements and everything that are happening around you, surely there's a lot of time that you really are just with yourself, right? But being alone in your home environment and being alone on the mountain are very different because here in your home, you've still got all the creature comforts mm. of a toilet and a fridge <laughs> and a bed. And a like so much. <laughs> so when you don't have those things, it's a different conversation. Mm. Yeah, a very different conversation. Very. Um, yeah. You're going to be climbing on the 27th of March. Well, yeah. we fly out of here on the 27th of March. Um, we get to Kathmandu and we spend a few days there. We have to go and get our permits and we get a blessing by um, one of the, the lamas and the Buddhas there. Nice. Um, yeah, very cool. Very, very cool. They do a blessing for all the guys that are going to summit because obviously whether you summit or not is not dependent on you. It's whether the mountain allows. So there's a blessing in terms of that. And we fly out to Lukla. Lukla is the airport on the mountain on the 1st of April. And we start our trek into base camp then. So Lukla is on the 1st of April. There's still a little bit yes. of time before, before that happens. Yes. Okay, and um, Lise, a lot of people don't come back from Everest. I mean, like, that, that is a real thing. Have you yeah. thought about that? Like, how have you prepared yourself 
in that way? Or, I mean, um, you've thought about that. Yes, I have, but I haven't, you know, I haven't built a campfire there and taken out my tent. Um, I think the point is those of us that do these things where that is a reality, we don't, we know it, but it's not part of what you think. I haven't thought about that at all. I must be honest. Um, the only time I think about it is when people bring it up. Um, family and friends are the ones to manage because they bring it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the percentage, Susanna, of people that don't come back is getting smaller and smaller, and it's so tiny. Just to give you an example, there were 12 people that didn't make it back last year, but over 750 people summited. Oh, wow. Yeah. So whilst obviously the families of those that didn't come back is devastating and life-changing, people only focus on that and they don't focus on yeah, over 750 people summiting. So it's, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. I mean, that's really good to hear. I'm very happy to hear that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because, um, that, you know, that is something that is quite scary, but that you say that is absolutely wonderful. And I'm sure, I mean, I saw those suits that you put on. <laughs> I was like, what is Lisa doing? What is she wearing there? It's like, for those of you listening, you need to go to Everest 2020 SA um, and follow this amazing group of women. But um, they po Lisa posted um, this picture of this yellow funny suit that looks like the Michelin man, but it's yellow and it's got like a, a cap with like red lining inside. And I was like, what is that? What is Lisa doing? And then when I went on your Instagram page, I saw that those are the suits that, you, yeah. that you're going to wear. Can you even properly move in them? So, yeah, thanks to K-Way, they um, were magnificent in terms of their sponsorship for our down suits, which is one of the most technical gear that we need it's freck cold up there like minus 50 to 60 so those suits are um very carefully and scientifically made to keep us warm and there's about 18 inches of down in over 81 different pockets all over to keep us warm um and we, we were actually in cape town last friday where we did the handover with k-way and yeah, those are our suits. And yes, Teletubby is another word that's been on the table. Um, and, 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 and NASA astronaut suits. Those have been yeah. the three. And men, Teletubbies and astronaut suits. And, but very colorful NASA astronaut suits. Because yes. they are like in white and you guys are like this bright yellow with the red, yeah. which I assume they do on purpose because it's easier to spot you. Um, sure. No, right? Um, 100%. 100%. How much are you carrying? Because you, you've got to, do you, are you carrying your own like backpack and all of that? So um, the unsung heroes of the Himalaya are the Sherpas that help us get to the summit. And we each have our own Sherpa. So you're going to form a very close bond with this person. And they carry a lot of stuff for us. So most of the time we're just carrying a day pack. When we get higher up and we need oxygen, we will be carrying our own oxygen tank um, or cylinder but not more than 10 or 12 kilos um, because we live at base camp for the eight weeks that we're acclimatizing. So we actually only have to carry to camp one and then to camp two and it gets less and less the further up you go because you spend less time there. Home is base camp for eight weeks. And so we take lots of luggage to base camp. Yes. And that's carried in by yaks. By yaks. By yaks. Yeah. <laughs> Big 
Taui, Muley, Himalayan animals. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So you stay there, um, this is also fascinating, for eight weeks um, yeah. before you actually summit. Can you explain for people who don't know what, why? What, what did, why do you need to acclimatize? Why is it so important? For sure. So obviously there's less oxygen the higher up you go and your body needs to adjust to that. So that takes time for your body to get used to it. So we arrive in base camp on about the 10th of April and there are two summit windows, summit weather windows, the beginning of May and the end of May. And so between when we arrive in April and those summit windows, we will be doing what's called rotations, acclimatization rotations, both on Everest and surrounding mountains. And the whole point is that by the time the weather windows open, we are acclimatized that we can go for our summit push. So yeah, base camp becomes a home while we're doing that acclimatization. While you're trying, while you are acclimatizing, and that, I mean, that's also an important thing. You're going to be there for that amount of time because you have to find the right weather window, correct? Yes. In yes. order to actually be able to climb the mountain. Correct. So what are the perfect, if they are perfect, um, weather conditions on Everest for you to climb? What can we hold as a vision for, for you, you know, so that you are on base camp and you wake up, Lisa wakes up and she goes, oh my goodness, today is the day we are going to climb. What do you see? What are the perfect conditions for you? So wind is a big one um, because wind, if it's too strong, you can't move. And wind also brings the temperature down drastically, the wind chill factor. So as little wind as possible, five or 10, maybe 15 kilometers, that would be ideal. Um, no snow, clear day. The difference is that when you start at base camp, the weather at base camp is different to camp one, to camp two, to camp three, to camp four, to the, to the summit. So that's why we have logistics companies like Adventures Global, Ronnie Mool, that get um, very detailed weather updates a couple of times during the day. So even though when we start our summit push, we're in constant contact with them to see how the weather is doing. So your ideal would be no snow, no weather, clear day. <laughs> no snow, no, no snow, no wind, clear day. So um, have you got photographs from all the different base camps? Have you seen photographs of where you're going to be? Uh, on YouTube. Okay. So no actual just images. Oh, Ronnie's got lots and he shared a lot with us. Um, but obviously in my research and getting ready, I've looked at lots and 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 lots of videos of okay. the ice fall and the different camps. Okay. So, cause I think it might be quite interesting if you, I'm sure there'll be a timeline and I know that base camp is your last signal. Um, and we're going to give you a call um, on Instagram so that we can check how you're doing. Because by that stage, how many kilometers have you already been going to get to base camp? A base camp is not far. It's, I think it's 62 or 64 kilometers. Okay. Yeah, so, but it's 5,300 it's 5, meters. So just to give you perspective, Table Mountain is 900 meters high. Sure. Okay. So that is, that's a lot of perspective. So I'm going to be following Lise through this whole crazy journey. And I think that you guys should too. Um, definitely jump onto Instagram and Facebook and look for Everest 2020 SA. 
and you'll be able to follow all of the ladies through this mission. Um, I think it would be great, Lise, if you put a picture of the ideal vision of what you want to see at those different phases so that people and the dates of when you're going to reach them so that people, whoever gets to your social media can kind of go, oh, they're there. Let's picture this for them, you know? Because um, there is some power in group consciousness, right? And in group vision. So just so that you know, um, people that are following on our Facebook and Instagram pages, and you can also follow Adventures Global Facebook page, okay. there will be daily updates and pictures. So Adventures Global do it themselves and Everest 2020 SA is doing it. And we're very blessed to have Tony Lawrence, who's the founder and editor of SA Mountain Magazine, which is the top mountain magazine in the country and the fourth one in the world. Um, he's actually trekking into base camp with us. Nice. We twisted his arm to get a permit so he can come through the icefall with us. So he will be doing a bit of climbing, but he will be doing all media correspondence and photographs. So he will be updating those pages and obviously Annie from Angelfish PR as well. There will be daily updates and photos. Amazing, amazing, amazing.